Well, I wanna welcome all of our campuses. I wanna welcome those that are joining us on the South Shore campus, all those on Gulf Coast, online, Facebook Live. Every week we have thousands of people that join us on Facebook Live, as well as every week. I love to welcome the men and women at the Orleans Justice Center and the St. Tammany Parish Jail. Come on, can we just welcome all those that are joining us live? So excited to have you guys. We are in week three of a series entitled Holidays. Now again, uh, if you haven't been here, it's a little bit of a twist. Uh, again, we are in the holidays, D-A-Y-S. And how many of you know sometimes you can go through the D-A-Y-S and you can experience D-A-Z-E? Why is that? Because of all of the stuff that's going on. It's an interesting paradox, a wonderful time of the year, amazing time of the year. We love it. You and I love it. We love the music, the songs, the food, the fun, and all that stuff. And yet at the same time, there are certain pressures unique to this season of the year that I don't believe are a part of other parts of the year. For instance, you, you got to ask questions like this. Okay. Okay. Did we get enough gifts? Did we get the right gifts? Can we pay for the gifts? Can I have a big amen right there? I mean, gosh, man, should we charge this? I don't know, Pastor Steve, you know, he talks about, you know, the credit card. We got to watch the credit card. And I'm not sure. And what about this? And last year we went to their house. They need to come to our house. When are they coming back to our house? And I don't want to go to that house. And, 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 and by the way, the most peaceful thing about the holidays, for those of you that still have children at home, is when you do a Christmas card. Come on, how many of you know what I'm talking about? A Christmas card, listen, I don't know if you can lose your salvation, but how many know you come close when you do the Christmas card? Trying to get all the kids together and everybody's there. Are you kidding me? Jeez, I talked to Pastor David Garma, who I love. He goes, man, I'm just telling we're just running people. We're just taking, we're just getting anybody, any neighbor, just take a snap as we're walking out of the house. Why? Because there's so much stress attached to the holidays at times. See, I believe it's God's will for us to come out of the holidays, D-A-Y-S, without having D-A-Z-E, so that we can come into 2019 filled with faith, filled with vision, rested soul, so that we can do what God calls us to do in 2019. So that we don't go beleaguered and just kind of just, you know, just kind of crawl into a new year, but we can be filled with faith. That we can be filled with confidence. Why? Because our souls are rested. Our souls are grateful. Our souls are confident. Now, Pastor Jim LaFoon was here last week, and he talked about how we can experience peace, how we can experience the peace of Christ during this time of the year. I, I, it, was, it was interesting as he was teaching. You know, I lay out my messages actually weeks and months ahead of the time, and I kind of know where I'm going. And, and, and I had this message planned, and I, I started working on it for, for, for months. I, I, I lay things out. And he's starting to talk about it, and he's starting to talk about stress a lot. And I'm like, my gosh, he's kind of teaching my mouth. Jeez, man, it's going to be the same message. I'm going to have to switch my thing. And then he got into neuroplasticity, whatever that is. I'm like, I, I'm not even that smart. I'm going to just talk about stress. But anyway, if you were here last week, this is really a part two. See, here's the point. Point is, I don't believe that we can escape stress. I don't believe that we can escape the trials, the tribulations, the, the troubles in this world. But I do believe we can watch us live with less stress. So the issue of a stress-free life is an illusion. I don't care who you are. I don't care what anybody tells you. It is an illusion to think that you and I can live stress-free. Because we'd have to get out of the world. I mean, Jesus said, in this world, you can have stress. But... But be of good cheer. I'm going to show you that in just a moment. So the question is not whether or not we're going to have stress. The question is, how are we doing with the stress? 
How are we navigating through the stress of the holidays? The truth is these are principles I'm going to teach you today from the word of God that will set you up for the whole year. Now, let me give you a definition of stress. Here it is. All right? Stress is the pressures of life. We all have pressures. I'm going to teach you in a couple of minutes that a certain amount of pressure is healthy for you in order to, for you to grow. The, the pressures of life and how one perceives, believes, reacts, and copes with the pressures of life. So stress is what you and I feel and perceive and think about what we're going through. See, I do believe that we can have, what's, watch, watch this, a less stressed holiday season. I, I do not believe that it's the will of God for us to be beaten down, broken down, you know, we're just burdened down all the time. Listen, we can go through things, but make sure those things don't get on the inside of us. I've said this before. I believe that we can be in a storm, and if we'll do it God's way, we can make sure the storm doesn't get on the inside of us. Again, a stress-free life is an illusion, but you and I can live less stressed. Everybody say less stressed. We can live with less stress. I had a guy one time tell me, you know, Pastor, you know, the Bible people, you know, it just seems like they didn't really have the troubles that we have today because we're just so advanced. I said, are you kidding me? Think about the Christmas story. Think, think about Joseph. Think about Mary. Think about that. They've got this vision from God. An angel appears and, 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 and tells Joseph, don't worry about it. Listen, it's all of me. Your teenage girlfriend is pregnant, but don't worry. God did it. Is that in the Bible or not? Don't judge me. Oh, you talk about, oh, by the way, there's a crazy king. He's going to try to kill everybody. Just take the baby and y'all go to Egypt. No, you've never been to Egypt before. Don't worry. It's kind of southwest. You just kind of just go and you just kind of, and, and by the way, you're going to go through the Sinai Desert. It's awesome. There's lots of whatever in the desert. And so you're going to enjoy, oh, and by the way, you're going to be there for a little while. You're not going to know anybody. You're not going to have a job. Uh, you're going to figure all this out. And I'm going to help you. And then by the way, then you're going to come back and then you're going to have to reintegrate in society because after all, you live in Bible times and you don't have stress. Are you kidding me? These people in the Bible lived in incredible stress. And by the way, so do we today. All of us, listen, it, is, it has been part of the human dilemma from the beginning of time, stress. I love this time of the year because there's a scripture. There's a scripture that we'll see on cards. We'll see it everywhere. And, 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 and I, I think that I, I just want to just, I don't know. Let's, let me posit this. Maybe you've not thought of this scripture before. You've thought of it, and I've thought of it often about Jesus being our Savior, our Redeemer, our mighty God. There is a term that I want to help you to see that's in the Bible, that Jesus himself is called something that I believe actually helps us in what I'm talking about today, in the stress of daily life. All right, let, let me read it. So in the, in the book of Isaiah, chapter 9. Here it is. Famous scripture. We all see it during the holidays time. I mean, it's just something that we read, something we talk about. I mean, it's, it's on cards, I mean, you, you know, Christmas family cards, are, this, this is often a scripture, but there's a word that's so important. I, I want us to think about the implications of that word. Here it is. You guys ready? For unto us a child is born, right? Christmas. Unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulders. And his name, everybody say name. Okay, and his name shall be called. 
wonderful, the wonderful name of Jesus. We talk about the wonderful, beautiful name of Jesus. But we often quickly kind of go over the next one. Counselor, mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And there's Pastor Jim. He focused on that, that, that we can have peace. But, but, but I want to back this up a little bit. What does it mean? What does it mean practically that Jesus is our counselor? What does that mean? Jesus, Savior, Redeemer, the one that died on the cross, rose from the dead. He's our counselor. Counselor. Wow. Okay. Some of you guys have heard the story. 2010, I burned out, went to a counselor. I, I, first time, I went to a counselor. I needed a counselor. I, I would have loved the fact that there was a counselor, other than the fact that on the door it said psychotherapist. I thought, oh, gosh. <laughs> you know, Psycho, the movie? I thought, oh, my gosh. I'm not that crazy, am I? But anyway, I got, I, so I went. You know, you, know what, you know what the counselor did? Spent three days teaching me how to live differently and how to reduce stress. Stress. It's funny when you think about a counselor, you think about a counselor, and by the way, we have incredible counselors. We advocate Christian counseling in our church because we think it's incredible. It's all, we got great counselors in our church, spirit-filled, godly counselors. But listen, it's interesting you think about, you, you think about, you know, the concept of a psychiatrist, you know, and you kind of lay on the couch and I sat in a chair. I mean, but, you, you know, you, and you kind of lay on the couch, and, and the person kind of sits there and crosses their legs, and, you know, and the whole thing. And what's, what's interesting is, I, I want you to think about this. That word, that word, think about what does it mean that Jesus is your counselor? What does that mean? Not taking away at any level from human counselors, because we advocate that. Good Christian spirit-filled counselors. What does it mean? What does it mean that Jesus, not just our Savior, because I mean, a Savior, and again, forgive me for saying this, but that's a big deal. That's like cosmic in proportion. It's like, that's, that's just so big. Counselor. That's kind of like everyday interaction. Are y'all with me? That's not like far off. I mean, I stand before God. The blood of Christ, is, my sins have been washed away. I mean, that's, that's, that's powerful. That's the whole story. But, but let's get it real close to home. Counselor. Question. Have you gone to see Jesus the counselor? What is he telling you to do? You know, it's interesting, my counselor at the time, he gave me life strategies, how to live differently, how to not live on adrenaline, how to take care of myself, my spirit, my soul, my body. Matter of fact, I'm going to teach you some of those things today. So the question is, have you seen Christ as your counselor? Well, pastor, I'm not that stressed out. Okay, well, let's do a quiz. If you achieve a runner's high by sitting up, you're stressed. Because you're so tired, you're so just worn out. Let me give you a couple of things. Pastor, I don't know if I'm that stressed out, okay? Well, if the sun is too loud when you go outside, you're stressed. <laughs> ah, it's so bright out here. Are y'all with me? Oh, Pastor, I'm not that stressed, okay? Well, if you ask the drive through attendant if you can get your order to go, you're stressed. <laughs> I actually did that one time. I said, can I have this to go? They're like, that's the point. I'm like, oh, gosh, that's right. <laughs> gosh, that's right, that's right. I need help, I need help. Let me give you another one. If you're stressed, how do you know, Pastor? How do I know if I'm stressed out? If your daily 
diet is on antacid pills, and that's like your daily nutritional value pills. I mean, I'm just telling you, you've got issues. It's called stomach issues. Do you know that 75% of all visits to primary care physicians is related to stress? Stress. Now, now it manifests in different ways and all this stuff, but it's stress. In other words, we, we've got to figure this out. We've got to figure out how do we do this because life is so complex, right? I mean, all the different things are happening geopolitically and economically, and this is good, and then that's bad. And then we're on this side, we're not on that side. We're together, we're not this. And I'm not sure. By the way, I'm even really managing the news I watch lately because they're just confused. I don't say that to be disrespectful. It's just like, I'm not even, just, just like it's all over the place. And so we tabulate that information, and then we, oh, yeah, we've got responsibilities daily in our own lives, and, and, and the world's falling apart. Or, no, it's together. I'm not sure. And, 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 and then, oh, wait, 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 wait. We're advanced. We have technology. That's made life easier, right? Remember, we used to be farmers. Then we had the Industrial Revolution. Now the technological expansion and explosion. And listen, i got to tell you all something. So, so, so talking about technology, it's allegedly making our lives more peaceful. I went to, to, to Thanksgiving. My daughter was in town from college, and she's a senior in college. And so it was my wife and I, my daughter, who's 21, and my other daughter, who's 8. So we went to, to dinner. And so we went to dinner, and I say this very respectfully. This is just hilarious. Remember, the, the position here is that, is that technology is supposed to make our lives less stressful, right? So, 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 so there was a table of girls, and that's not, you know, a slight. That's just the fact. It's who it was. It's a fact. A table of four girls, and they were college-age girls, maybe 18, 19, 20 years old. And, and none, of them, none of them had any conversation other than they had their phones out and they were taking pictures the whole time and they were going to post pictures. And I was, just, I was overhearing it because I'm a little eavesdropper. And so, and I just, and they're just like, what about this? Oh, I don't like this one. So now they're fighting about, and oh, should we post this? Oh, take that down, take that down. And there's all this, and just, I, I know this was rude. I know it was obnoxious. I shouldn't have done it. I have issues, but I just said, post something. <laughs> I did it. I, I'm just, I'm sorry. Father, forgive me. I'm just, I'm serious. I know it was sitting, but I just, I'm like, please, please, please. I was so anxious about it. Is that not common? There was no meaningful conversation. It was what was going to be posted or not posted based upon how their hair flip was. And by the way, guys are worse. Guys are worse, because I'm going to get an email. Oh, it's like gender. No, 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 no. Guys are worse. No, no, technology has not made this thing easier. Are you kidding me? I'm stressed just thinking about this. I have to tell people, I have to tell young people on our staff, I have to tell my kids, don't video anything I'm saying right now. Don't do, don't do video. I, wanna, I, I want to be free. <laughs> so we, we, we've got a whole set of issues that we're dealing with. So, so, so stress. Effects of stress in our personal lives are more profound than we, are, we think. They affect us physiologically, they affect us emotionally, intellectually, spiritually, they affect us in every area. So let me give you a little thing. So how do you, Pastor, if these things have happened to me, has, have this impacted my stress? So your stress level goes up or down. Let me give you some, just some basic things that creates stress. Number one, if you began or left the job in the last 12 months, that releases stress. Stress is, it's chemical, it's emotional, it's biological, it's all of this stuff. 
Going to a new job, what are my expectations? Who's around me? Who's with me? Who's for me? Who do I share with? Who do I not share with? Am I going to succeed? Your finances went up or they went down. That's stressful. Last 12 months. You started or ended school last 12 months. Stressful. You moved or are about to move. Big time stressful. You experienced a relational struggle or a divorce. Big time stressful. You welcomed a new child into the home. Big time stressful. You experience health problems. You face the death of a loved one. I've told you guys this story many times. I've had conversations with people. I had one lady a couple years ago, the pastor, I can't even go to church during December because it reminds me of, what, who, of him not being there. Stressful. So pastor, okay, so what are we supposed to do? My gosh. All right, so the point is we can't live stress-free, but how do we live with less stress? Jesus said this. Remember this. Jesus said this. John, the book of John, these things I've spoken to you that in me you may have what? Say it. Peace. In the world you will have what? Say it. Or stress. So it's going to happen. The goal is not stress-free. Don't let anybody tell you. Don't let any preacher tell you. Don't let any book tell you. Don't let anybody tell you that you can live stress-free, but you can live with less stress. Manageable stress. That's what the counselor Jesus wants to talk to us about today. In his word. I'm going to show you in his word. Let me give you three little quick things about stress, and I'm going to give you four things that Jesus gives us life wisdom strategies with. Number one, let me just tell you this. Not all stress is harmful. It's not. Truth is, certain level of stress helps you in life. It makes life spicy, right? Fact is that when you go work out, you're putting certain weights on the bar. That What does that do? There's a small micro-tearing of muscle fiber in order to build up. And again, I'm not a gym you know, trainer, but I know that there's something of a tearing down. So you have to have... You, in order to grow, there's a certain level of pressure that is necessary. But too much is not good. So, so, so the goal is not to, 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 to escape from pressure. The goal is not to escape from stress. The goal is to manage it. Let me give you the second thing about stress. The second is too much stress is harmful. Long-term stress affects people's psychology. It affects their mind, their body, their soul. We do things, a lot of addictive patterns come out of that. What? Because we're under stress, we're not at ease in our soul, so we start doing things to medicate the pain in our lives, attached to too much chronic stress, right? Sometimes those things that we do are harmful. Sometimes they're more harmful than others. I do things. I mean, we all have little ways, right? We all have little ways. What I, I, I tell you, one of the things that I do, I, say, I, I recognize is when I get super stressed, I'll eat something late at night. It's like, Wah! you know, I'll go to McDonald's, get a hot fudge Sunday, double the fudge, Barbecue chips. I'm serious. I mean, I just, I, it's, it's a certain medication where we, where, 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 because too much stress is hard, but we need to learn how to do it God's way. We need to learn how to do it God's way. Let me give you the third and final thing about stress, and I'll give you what Jesus says. It's this. It's that, is that what we perceive to be stressful to us is. What may be stressful to one person may not be stressful to the other. So it's not a one size fits all. Does that make sense? It's, it's not. We have to understand. In other words, let me give you an example. I enjoy public speaking. I enjoyed public speaking before I was a Christian. I enjoyed public speaking way before I was a pastor. I always enjoyed it. It's my personality. I, it's, it's, it's how God has created me. It, and, and so, but to some people, the thought of getting up before people is like, do you know the number one fear in college is that when you have to go through a public speaking, now, I don't know if it's required anymore, but people would freak out. I've got to do what, when, how, and be graded? No way. No way. 
So to me, it's not. It's, 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 it's not something that's difficult. But, 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 but I'm going to tell you something. Something breaks in my house, my iPhone, I'm cutting a deal with my eight-year-old Chinese daughter to fix it. I'm serious. <laughs> I'm like, please, Annalise, I'll give you $10. Can you just look at it for me? Please. She's like, Dad, hold on. I'm watching, you know, Bob the Bill. No, I'm just, she's just, I'm, I'm, let me tell you, anything that breaks, now you may think, well, that's just because you're lazy. No, I'm just freaked out about it. The emotional energy that it takes for me to actually figure out how to fix, I'm like, I'm just trying to, ah, Whew. my wife is sometimes good. Hey, you're just pitiful. Let me just fix that. Let me just take that. So, so again, what may be stressful to you may not be stressful to someone else and vice versa. That, that's why it's important that we're careful to not compare our stress. Hey, by the way, holiday traffic, right? It's going to start increasing a little bit. I had somebody tell me this one. You know, some people have like built-in road rage issues. <coughs> Get in traffic. It's like, you know, I had a person tell me one time, said, Pastor, I don't know if they were trying to be spiritual or where they go, I bring a book. For what? When there's heavy traffic, I read a book. You're too holy. That's just too, too, too peaceful. Are you kidding me? But to them, the traffic was an opportunity. To the other one, the traffic was hell on earth. What you perceive to be stressful is stressful to you, but it's not necessary. That's why it's important when your spouse, if you're married, listen, in a relationship, you better figure out what their stress is. Come on, are y'all with me? Are you kidding me? I go in a restaurant. I'm cutting a deal with my wife. We're going to order this. How do you know? I looked online. I'm not going to, there's no decision-making process. Now I'm also negotiating with her. Would you consider this? <laughs> Are y'all with me? What is stressful to you may not be stressful to someone else. So let me give you four things that the counselor would like to speak to us today before we close. Are y'all learning anything? Anybody stressed? I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to help. Here we go. Number one. Four ways to manage stress, can't eliminate stress. We're trying to reduce it. Number one, know your audience. Jesus said this in John chapter 5. All of these, all of these are the words of Christ because he's our counselor. Something about it. All the Bible's inspired, obviously, but there's something about what Jesus said as our counselor related to stress. John 5, 30, I can of myself do nothing. As I hear, I judge, and my judgment is righteous because I do not seek my own will. Watch this, but the will of my Father who sent me. You know what happens when we begin to live for the audience of one? When we, when we become consumed with what God thinks about us, it helps us to negotiate life so much better. Why? Because our first consideration is not what do they think, but it's what does he think. And when we understand the implications of considering what he thinks above what other people think. By the way, you ever heard somebody say, I don't care what other people think. Well, that's not healthy. You should care what they think, but you should not primarily care what others think. You should primarily think about what God thinks. Does that make sense? It's what does God think? Because the Bible says our, our name, our reputation should be like choice silver. But in the end of the day, we first care about what God says about us. God, what do you think about me? Why? Why is that important? Christmas parties, things, should I get this? Should I not get this? Should I buy this? Should I buy a present for every single person in my zip codes because I want everybody to be happy for me? How are we going to respond to this? What are we going to do? Okay, what does God say? God, what do you think? Lord, 
I want to please you. See, if we, if, we, if we get up in the morning, watch this, and live God-focused, God-centered, Matthew 6, seek ye, everybody say it, first. Seek first the kingdom of God. Not second, not third, not when we tried everything else and it hasn't worked. Let's try Jesus. Let's put God first. And when we put God first in our lives, but when he's first in our life, it, it, it helps us, watch this, it helps us to prioritize life and it helps, us, it helps us to gracefully say no in situations where we often would say yes. What does God think? What does God want? So number one, we've got to know our, everybody say it, audience. Number two, we've got to know our mission. We've got to know our mission. You know the three universal questions. What are they? Why am I here? What is it? Who am I? Why am I here? Where am I going? Who am I? Anybody took philosophy in college? You took it. There, there, here it is. It's who am I? Why? The why question and the where question. It's who, why, where. Why, why am I here? What is my purpose? Number one question. Polled, uh, surveying teenagers. What is my purpose? People want to know. What, what, what is the purpose? Why am I here? When you know your mission, listen, when you know your why, when you can answer your why, why was I born? Why am I on this earth? What is the point? When you know your God-given purpose, again, analogous terms, the will of God, the purpose of God, the, 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 the counsel of God for my life, the plan of God for my life, what God has for my life. When I know my mission, God's vision, God's dream, God's mission, all these terms, Jesus said it this way, John 8, 14. How does this help me, Pastor? How does this help me reduce stress? A lot. Even if I bear witness of myself, John 8, 14. Myself is true, for I know where I came from and where I'm going. I know my origin and I know my destiny. I know my back. Listen, I know my past. I know my present. I know my future. I know where I came from. I know where I'm going. But you do not know. You do not know where I came from and where I'm going. You guys don't understand. You don't get it. But when you know who you are, watch this. When you know whose you are and you know why you are, I know it's not proper grammar, why you are on this earth, something happens. Now all of a sudden, watch this, don't miss this, you live according to priorities and purpose and not pressure. Are y'all with me? You have the ability, listen, you have the God ability, and these are some of the things that I learned. Some of the things that I learned, some of the things that I learned with that spirit-filled counselor, some of the things that I learned, again, from the scripture, from, from Jesus himself, from the Bible, how, how, how to live differently. We, 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 we can, we don't, well, listen, we can't eliminate stress, but we can reduce it. We can manage it so that we actually utilize it for us to grow versus for us to be destroyed. We have to understand how this works. Some of you are so stressed out with work, stressed out over this, stressed out. Look, I get it. I get it. I get it. I understand. But you and I can live differently. Not, not just for a month or in the holidays. Uh, truth is, this isn't just a, you know, how do you, how, how do you make it through the second, third week of Thanksgiving, you know, third week of November till, till, through New Year's. This is not a six-week applied, but the rest of the ten and a half months. This is a year in, year out, day in and day out message. Know your audience. Everybody say, know your audience. Say, know your mission. Why are you here? What is your purpose? When you know the why, I'm telling you, you can really speak into the what am I supposed to do. Wow. Let me give you the third thing. 
The third thing is know when to rest. By the way, I want to say this about life planning. Number two, uh, uh, this is a great time. I'm, this is a little, little aside, but I would encourage everybody. You've got about four weeks. If you're married, get with your spouse. You, first of all, you should get before the Lord anyway and start writing down your goals, what God has put in your heart, the dreams that God has put in your heart. Again, you'll either live by priorities and purpose and goals or you'll live by pressure. You'll live by people's opinions. Again, we appreciate other people. It's not that their opinions don't matter, but they're not primary in our lives, right? So let's start writing them down. Are y'all with me? Yes? Okay, let's start writing them down. Let's start praying over them, right? Let's, you know, Habakkuk 2, write down the goal, make it plain. So let's start. Let's, so, so we go into a new year. What are your goals? Spiritual goals. What are your relational goals? What are your intellectual goals? What are you going to read? How are you going to grow as a person? Financial goals. What are your goals professionally? What, these are things. What are the things that you believe that God has put in your heart to accomplish? We got, we got to, we, we're going to either live by that or live by everything else. Let me give you the third thing. Know when to rest. You know, it's interesting when I, I look in the Gospels and you read about Jesus. I mean, he was amazing. Everywhere you went with Jesus, things happened. I mean, you know, he's teaching and preaching. They start multiplying fish and bread, right? They, 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 have a, they go to a funeral. Don't invite Jesus to a funeral. Mess the whole thing up. Raise the person out of the coffin, man. No, it's not supposed to happen. Don't worry about it. I'm in charge. Person, I mean, it, it, that's what happened. Blind eyes open, things just amazing. And, and, and so the disciples, you know, they're, they're watching this whole thing. And they're, they're evaluating the whole thing. They're like, this is amazing. But there were times when right in the middle of all these needs, right in the middle of all of these overwhelming, pressing needs, Jesus would go, I'm going to go rest. You're going to go what? I'm, I'm going to go rest. Let me give you an example. Mark chapter 6. Watch this. Come aside by yourselves to a deserted place. And what? Everybody say it. You ought to read the context. Read the context when he says these things. Things are happening. There's needs. People are pressing in. I mean, how would you like to be Jesus? How, think, about, think about his disciples. They find out, man, wherever this guy goes, people are sick. People are healed. I mean, follow him into the restroom. Could you pray for me? I mean, just think about it. And he goes, time out. I'm going to go rest. 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 For how long? For a while. Rest. For there were many coming and going. There's needs. There's, there's things to do. How irresponsible, Jesus. There's people that have needs and, 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 and you guys, oh, well, the Bible says y'all didn't, didn't even have time to eat. Well, so what? There's, I mean, you sh what are you going? Rest. Are you serious? The reason why Jesus wasn't stressed is because he knew how to rest and relax. He understood what it meant, watch this, to draw aside physically. To draw aside emotionally. To draw aside in, in his soul, where his soul would come down. He, he, remember, he was fully God, but he was fully human. That's the hypostatic union, the great theological truth. 100% God, but 100% man. And he would rest. Wow. Rest. You know, the theme of biblical rest, it's, it's, it's all through the Bible. God created the earth and the, the universe in how many days? Everybody say it. Six. And what did he do on the seventh day? He did what? Not because he was tired. But he modeled 
for his creation. And the word rest there means he ceased from activity. Is there a day where we do that? We're human beings, not human doings. In other words, we, they're, 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 we have been designed by God. And I'm a high productive person. I like productivity. I like that. And I, but I'm going to tell you something. One of the things that happened to me before 2010, and I didn't know how to come down. I didn't know how to get my soul to come down. I, I felt guilty if I rested. I felt guilty if I ever took a nap. Oh, my gosh, you can't do that. I, 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 you, you, can't, you can't do that. Why? Because you got to get moving. you got to be productive. Nothing wrong with productivity. And by the way, those other days, let's be big time productive. But there's a cyclical rhythm of rest in our soul. Your biology is set up that way. By the way, think about the ecostructure. Think about our world. That's why sometimes there's seed time, sometimes there's harvest. You're, you're, those of you that are, have any farming experience, your ground is not producing year-round. There's, there's seasons, right? Right where it looks like it's barren, but things are happening underneath. That There's a cyclical nature. We don't stay in winter all year. We don't stay in summer all year. There's two, in the same way, God, God has produced in us and designed us where there's high productive moments, and then there's, there's, there's moments of rest. We have to understand that. I, I used to preach five times on a weekend. I used to, I pride myself on that. I, I preach five times. I'll do the 101, the step one. I'll meet every newcomer in the whole entire church. I'll do whatever until I burned out. I, I'll, I'll say this now. I cannot preach five times. I just can't visit because I give myself to it when I, so I had a friend invite, invite me and said, listen, man, we're, we're, man, we're growing. We're, we're six services on Sunday. I said, I, I can't do that. I can't do it. I said, I'll be on the fourth service going, God loves you, but I hate you. I mean, I could be doing that. I go dark. I'm sorry. I, I just, because I get mad. I'm like, this is just, I feel ground down to powder. You got to know what your limits are. Are y'all with me? You got to know during the holiday season, how many parties can you go to? What can you do? You got to know. When you start losing your peace and your soul starts, like, I like to hunt. I, I enjoy that. But I'm going to tell you, I can't go day in and day out during the holiday Sunday. I can't wake up at 3.30 in the morning one day, two days. I can't do it. I mean, I'm just, it's too much for my body, my physiology. Listen, everybody will feel it around me if I do that. You've got to know, listen, you've got to know when to step aside. You, you've got to know when to engage, and you've got to know when to step aside. This is all about reducing stress. You've got to know when to hold up. Know when to fall up. Come on. Know when to walk away. Know when to what? You ever? I can't do the money part in church, but anyway. There's a lot of wisdom in that. You got to know when to say, man, I can't come. You got to know when to say, I'm getting out of here. Why? Your soul's rest is at stake. If you and I want to reduce stress during the holiday season, number one, we've got to know our audience. Everybody say, know our what? Say it. Audience. Number two, we've got to know our what? Say it. Mission. Number three, we've got to know when to what? Say it. Rest. Let me give you the last and final thing. We'll close. All right? Here it is. Number three or four, we've got to know our lifeline. Our lifeline. Our lifeline. Life. Line. Mark chapter 1, verse 35. Now in the morning, having risen a long while before daylight, Jesus went out. I want you to think about this. Stay with me. He went out and he departed to a solitary place. And there, Jesus, the Son of God, the, listen, the one that we sing about and declare, the one that never sinned, 
He went and he did what? Say it, he what? If Jesus had to pray, don't tell me that you and I don't have to pray. If Jesus had to check in with headquarters every day with his father, I want to do what my father's doing, I want to say what my father's doing. If he had to pray, how much more do we? I want to encourage everybody that if you have never developed a daily devotional time, a quiet time of getting alone with God, where you spend time with Jesus, I wake up in the morning, I do the same thing every day unless I'm out early, early, early. I do the same thing. I wake up, listen to me, I've got two minutes, stay with me. I wake up at pretty much the same time. I'll go, I have a coffee pot, I have a percolator, I'm kind of old school in that. I'll plug in and I did it the night before. I have the same lamp, I have the same chair. I open my Bible, I use the life journal and I read the Bible every day. Not because I'm a pastor, not because I need something to talk about on the weekend, no. I do, this is my job. I do that because I'm a Christian. Are you, there's a difference. Are you with me? Listen to me, this is important, this is important. You know, it's interesting, I, 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 my, my boys just finished football, my last one, and it's interesting, I say this respectfully. Do you, do you know, it's interesting, but you'll see now, even in high school games where kids will put oxygen masks on during football, oxygen masks, high school. If we would have said that when we were in high school, I need oxygen, you're like, shut up and get back in the game. <laughs> oxygen, oh, knock your head off. You can get an oxygen. They're now getting, no, I'm serious. Wait, 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 what is it? It's um, IVs. IVs, what is this, a, an emergency room? Kids are getting IVs and oxygen. My friend got his teeth knocked out in high school. You know what happened? Literally a tooth knocked out. The coach put a rag in it and said, Get back in the game. So I get it. It's a different season. Everybody gets a trophy. <laughs> sorry, I shouldn't have said that. I'm sorry. Shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have said that. Listen. Don't leave, sir. Did we tithe already? God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. All right, come here. Come here. Stay with me. Stay with me. Stay with me. I'm talking about Jesus. Stay with me. Okay, hang on. Here's my point. Do you, know, do you know what we do when we read our Bibles in the morning and we pray? Let me tell you what we're doing. We're putting Holy Spirit oxygen masks on. Listen to me. Listen, 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 listen. You want to know why somebody needs oxygen? Because their output and their ability to replenish their own oxygen, they need a boost. Can I tell you something? What God has called you and I to do in 2019, we can't make it on what we used to get from God. We need to press in deeper to get more oxygen. Come on, are y'all with me? We gotta get more, we gotta get more. You're not gonna, you're not gonna, listen, we're not gonna be able to do as a church, as individuals, we're not gonna be able to do what God called us to do and be what God's called us to be. Listen, just on our old devotional habit, we've gotta press in for more. We gotta press in for more. I'm gonna ask everybody to stand. That was fun. Let me pray for everybody. I'm going to ask our prayer team if they wouldn't mind coming down right now. I'm going to just pray a blessing over you. Holy Spirit, we thank you for your presence here. God, what you're doing in our hearts and our lives. We know that we cannot eliminate all stress, but we do know also that we can manage the stress by living with biblical wisdom. 
as our counselor, Jesus, instructs us from his word. If you do not know Christ, we're here for you as a church. We'd love to talk to you up front what it means to serve the Lord. If you need prayer for anything, we're here for you. Lord, I bless your people. Holy Spirit, come. Come and fill our hearts. Fill our minds. Fill our lives. Fill us with a sense of joy and peace as we go through the holidays. As we go into a new year, fill us. Everybody say, Jesus, fill me with your spirit. That's our prayer. God, fill us with the power of the Holy Spirit. Lord, we cry out for more of your presence. We need more oxygen, more of your presence in our lives as we come into a new year, a new time, a new season. Lord, I pray the blessing of God over every man, woman, boy, and girl in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said, can we give the Lord a hand clap? Come on, can we do that? God bless you guys. We love you.